Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Coaching You in the Word. We are going to, to uh, finish uh, a series that we have started on uh, identifying the process that um, we preached or taught on Sunday night, um, July uh, 17th of 2022. And uh, we want you to enjoy that. Uh, next week's message will show us something out of Matthew chapter 16 that we really need to get a grip on. So um, tonight we're going to go into uh, identifying the process. It'll be the last part of that particular message. I hope you will enjoy it. want to thank all those of you that come on with us and have downloaded us from around the world, I want to remind you, you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's Messaging. Well, let's get into the Word of God, and we'll be back to speak with you at the conclusion of the message. Identifying the process, the key scripture comes from Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. And so let's begin with a word of prayer. We want to welcome all of those of you that uh, will view this, whether on Lift Him Higher Radio, Mike Springston, FFC podcast, Coaching You in the Word, or through Facebook throughout the week. Hello, Sharon. Um, we always are glad to have you. Now, you can always contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's messaging. Uh, now, Mom came on earlier in the week, and uh, she did a, a preview of the resurrection, a study, and she'll be back this week to conclude that. And, of course, if you need to contact uh, uh, Ms. Irma, you can contact her through the same method, springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's messaging. At any rate, we're going to get busy tonight with the Word, and uh, we're going to begin with a word of prayer. Father, open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us. And then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear son. Now we sanctify, yield and surrender ourselves to you. We ask that you would release Jesus to speak to the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit might then work through us to minister the words of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our High Priest, and our man in the Godhead, directly to us. We worship you, we thank you, and we honor you for all of it. In that wonderful name, amen and amen. Uh, Isaiah fifty-four seventeen says, No weapon that's formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Now, that scripture has a lot in it. So, before we get into that, I want to remind you that we have talked about the fact
fact that we must identify with his names, his character traits, and his covenant. Tonight we're going to explore the scripture that tells us what the benefits of that identity becomes. Now the benefit is provided to the church, of course, in Isaiah's prophecy beginning in verse uh, chapter 54. And this means that we, when we grow and mature into the wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of who he is, we can identify then with him. This identification is available to us at the very moment in which we need it, provided we have identified correctly with the names of Jesus Christ. The ten character traits of Jesus are then available to us at the moment when we need it. That's what Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 tells us when it says, in the nick of time. Now let's see how this applies, because if we have an understanding of it, we would be better off and better able to use it. Are there times in our lives when we have to do things that would not be considered to be our strength? Not the things we do the best. Not the things that maybe we know the most about. In coaching in my career, I was a quarterback coach. I was well respected as a quarterback coach. But there were times in my career whenever I had to go and coach other positions. This began early in my career when I was working with Rich Rodriguez at, at uh, Glenville State College, and I was coaching quarterback, and uh, our offensive line wasn't actually getting things the way we wanted it, so I went over and coached the offensive line. I'd never done that before, and I didn't feel that that was a strength of mine. But I went over and began to apply the things that I knew I wanted to see until our offensive line became very proficient and we wound up leading the nation in total offense. So that happens regularly in life. The things that we see as our strength, often we are thrust into situations that become uh, areas that they have to be done, and we are making every attempt, but we really don't know. Hi, Don. Hi, Michelle. We really don't know uh, exactly what it is we're supposed to be doing. So we're giving it our best. We're working our best at it, but we find ourselves in an area where we are learning on the go. We're learning as we're doing it, and we call that uh, flying the airplane while we're building it, if you know what I'm saying. This happens often. Well, it just happened yesterday. As our men in our church got together to lay carpet, there were men there who were laying carpet who um, had never laid carpet before. But they learned the process and they learned the procedure. And in the end, they were able to do a great job. Now, when we look at the carpet, you know, we had a professional uh, um, worker there. We had a man who, who, who works professionally uh, guiding the operation. And then we had a bunch of other people who were just there 
watching, listening, learning, and giving it their best attempt. Now, when we walked into the sanctuary this morning, hi, Charles, and you looked at the product that was produced, not a one of you could look and see where the professional had done and where the non-professional had been working. We couldn't can't tell the difference. We look at the pattern, we look at the structure, we look at the outlay. Those that didn't have it as a strength got in there, they did the job, they learned the job, and it turned out to be a magnificent product. But there was a professional's hand in some of that. There was a most unprofessional, non-professional hand in the rest of it. But the outcome was absolutely perfect. See, sometimes we can get into things and have a weakness, but if we're in there making the attempt to learn, watch, and listen, and grow, then we can learn how to produce a product that will be meaningful. And as it was yesterday, come out absolutely superb and perfect. Isn't that beautiful? Now, when we identify with the names of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our God, and we're placed in a situation where his character traits are required, if we have listened and watched and learned from the teaching and the training of the Word of God. Go ahead, Don. Good to see you, buddy. From the teaching and the training of the Word of God, we can become what is that character trait because if we have learned that character trait has been manufactured in us, if we have learned and listened and watched appropriately, that character trait can become so ingrained and identified in us that the next thing you know, we are actually not only identifying with it, but we are manifesting it. We are living it. It becomes material and tangible to us. By the way, Donnie, before I go any further, very proud of you and looking forward to your season. Now, the outcome then becomes a product that is produced to be exactly what we have, we would, he, what Jesus would have produced if he were encountering a similar situation. Now, this is what the process of identification accomplishes. We are able to get into this thing, identify with him. Take those names, access grace, access the character of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our God, and then those things are able to be manifest in us. They are able to become tangible parts of who we are. Now, we have perceived and been taught that we are living our life for Him. Now I want you to get this. And there is truth in that concept. 
But there is a deeper and more revealing truth. And that truth is, watch me now, that he is living his life through us. This is why he told them in Acts chapter 1 that they would be endued with power to be witnesses unto him. Now, when we look into Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, we will see both of these concepts unfold in the prophecy of Isaiah. First, Isaiah identified them as servants. Now watch. The Holy Spirit is saying here, and I want you to hear this, that what we're seeing Isaiah prophesy concerning this, us being the servants of the Lord, and I'll go back and read that to you. He said that this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Now what Isaiah is identifying there is that the process of identification has a heavenly origin. That's what he's prophesying. He's prophesying how heaven was going to see those who were members of the church that was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. How heaven identified them as servants of God. Now, they, he has identified, Isaiah has identified them as bond servants. Now, this servant who was a bond servant, he was one whose debt was paid, but who wished, who desired to continue to serve his master even though all of the debt against him was already concluded. So as a bondservant, we are identified in the eyes of God as being faithful, holy, peculiar. And the reason is because we could leave and do anything we wanted to do. Remember, we are a two-party person. We have the nature of sin and we have the nature of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Both of those reside in us. One of those subdues the other. So when we became the bond servant who could have chosen to serve the sin nature, but chose to serve the nature of Jesus Christ, our Lord, High Priest, and God, when we chose that service, service, we decided that we were not going to leave, we were not going to live life on our own, but we would choose to remain under the covering and the umbrella and the shadow of wings of our Master. So when he prophesies that heaven identifies us as bond servants, he was identifying what Jesus Christ was doing for us. And then what we would identify with because of the blood that was shed through the cross, through the tomb, through the, the, the death, dying of the flesh and the resurrection of the new, newness of likeness in his resurrection of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. Then secondly, heaven's identification came in now a new and different way. 
He calls those, Isaiah does, as having righteousness that is of me, saith the Lord. Now, we are being identified as the ones who have been made something that we could not be, something that we were incapable of being, something that was not in our nature after the fall. But yet, when the second nature through the born-again life brought us into a relationship with God, all of a sudden, we became the righteousness of God, and it was done by force. We were made, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21. Now, what was that force? The force was the death of the legal sacrifice. The force was the burial of the flesh. The force was the resurrection from the dead in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And then that transcended us into a life in the priesthood where he becomes Lord and then communicates to us as our man in the Godhead. These were things, friends, that we could never be on our own, but through the use of the tool of heavenly identification. God has not only identified us as bondservants who do it because we love our master, but he has also identified us as being made righteous by himself, by what he did for us. And he identifies us as the righteousness of God and says that we are the, his, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we are identified from the heavenly perspective as being in right standing with God. Now watch this. Not on my terms, because my terms are a party of sin and sin nature. But because by faith, by grace through faith, I have believed on the Son of God, all of a sudden He identifies me under His terms. And they are the terms of being the righteousness of God. We're identified as those who were moved upon by an external force, and that external force brought an outcome that was acceptable to God. Of course, that righteousness comes to us in Scripture from 2 Corinthians 5.21, where the Word of God said, For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made, and the word made means that a force was applied, the righteousness of God in Him. Now, we know that this identification from the heavenly perspective that made us bondservants and made us the righteousness of God came from Jesus Christ. When God identified from heaven with His people, He identified us as being servants of righteousness in Christ Jesus. We then turned around and identified with Jesus Christ, the high priest, our Lord, and our God. And this, this clashing, bringing together of identification from a heavenly perspective and an earthly perspective that changed our inner man from death to life, and that life being a life of the covenant of peace, have come into 
a relationship in Christ Jesus that places us in a position with God where we have a heritage. And that's where I'm going. Now he's I've used, now watch this. God has used the process of identification to identify with us. And because of that, our relationship to him by faith has accomplished all of the work. Now, if heaven is using that process, then we must learn to reciprocate from our end. Now, next week, I'm going to talk to you about the process of cooperation, which comes to us from Matthew 16 and 18 as our foundation. Not going to go into that and unpack it tonight, but I will next week for you. The reciprocal process of identification is one that I want you to see now is functional both in heaven and in the earth. Now let's look at Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against thee shall prosper for every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment. Thou shalt condemn. How are you going to do that? You're going to condemn it because of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus has defeated the spirit of death, the old law of death, the party of the spirit of God that is living in you by the born-again spirit has overcome the sin nature that was the dominant force of which you were subject to. Now this, according to Isaiah 54, 17, is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Now, the word heritage here means a portion that is a quality or a characteristic. So that, now watch what I'm saying. It means a portion or a quality or a characteristic. So that the portion, quality, and characteristic becomes the possession of the one who is receiving it. Oh, my God. Now we consider what we've been telling you about the five names of Jesus Christ and the ten characteristics of his person, according to John chapter 1. And now we see that those things are a heritage, an inheritance. They're qualities that we possess. How do we possess them, Pastor? Well, first of all, heaven identifies with us. Second of all, we identify with heaven. We identify with the names and character of Jesus Christ, my friend. And when we do, we then begin to be in possession. Now, hold on a minute. Someone would say, what would make you say that? I didn't say it. Paul did. Huh? Paul said that the mystery hidden from the foundation of the world through the ages is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He living in you, abiding in you, residing in you, living out of you, and you in, in your person, in your soul, identifying with what he is doing on the inside of you until who is the man on the inside of you is producing his character, 
His Now, what do you think the fruit of the Spirit is? It is Christ producing, reproducing, manufacturing, according to Ephesians 2 and 10, himself in you until you can obtain, <coughs> excuse me, good works. What are those? They are the possession of the qualities and characteristics of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our God, whom you are identifying with. When we as a church identify with him correctly, we take upon ourselves his quality. I didn't say that. The word of God said as he is, so are we in this world. Now watch this carefully. Jesus was a man with two natures, just as we are. Huh. He had the nature of his father, and he had the nature of his mother. He was a man with two natures. On one side, he was divine, and on the other side, he was worthy, earthly. Now, he called, he said that himself. How you know that, pastor? He called himself the son of man. He called himself the son of God. One nature gave him his divine side, and the other nature gave him the side that made him able to relate to mankind. One was holy. One had the opportunity to be subject to sin. But in his uh, a desire to be obedient and faithful to his father, the sin side of him was so suppressed that even Satan couldn't break through to that side of him. The sin side of him was under such subjection that even Satan couldn't break through to that. Someone said, well, now, wait a minute, Pastor. I'm fleshly. Paul said I'm subject to that, that experience. Paul also said that the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You are free and don't know it. You have in you the ability to live at liberty and, and in total freedom and don't understand it. You just have to come into the knowledge of the truth, my friends. You have to come into the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and set your affections on things above and not on things in the earth. Jesus Christ had lived a sinless life, having the nature and ability to sin in his makeup, but in total obedience to his Father, he followed after the divine nature and therefore was perfect. It is the only way that he could have been the legal sacrifice. When we identify with him correctly through the five names of the ten characteristics, and we live from the inside out and not the outside in, my friend, we can do the same. As a believer, we also have those two natures. As I told you, we're a two-party person. Our sin nature, however, has been crucified and buried, and the divine nature has been released in us by the likeness of his resurrection. Now, when we hear 1 John 4, 17, we can understand how that becomes so. Herein is our love made perfect. Herein, herein what? Herein the cross, the tomb, and the resurrection. Herein is our love made perfect. That we can have boldness in the day of judgment. Why can we have boldness? Because we don't have to worry about the old subject of sin. 
We live in identification with Jesus Christ, our high priest, Lord, and our God. Now he said, 1 John 4 said, as he is, so are we. So, so are we in this world. Well, how are we, preacher? We're in the likeness of his death, his crucifixion, and we are in the likeness of his resurrection, and we are of a royal priesthood. He is our Lord. We are under his lordship. And he is the God who is seated as a man at the right hand of God, communicating to us through the Spirit, leading us and guiding us into truth, and giving us himself and his characteristics so that we can identify with him what happens when we do. Grace, grace. The promises of God become yea and amen. My friends... We've missed it. We have missed it because people have told you that get saved, get saved, and wait on heaven. Well, when I read First John and I saw that he was eternal, I knew right then I'm eternal also. When I saw First John and I saw that he was a creator, I knew right then I was a creator also. When I saw he was personal to God, I knew I was personal to God also. When I saw that he was life and light and illumination, I knew that in me was life, light, and illumination. My friend, where there is light, darkness must free, flee. Colossians 1.16 said we have been brought out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. I'm walking in light and you should be too. I'm walking enlightened, illuminated by the word of God, and you should be too. Our inner man has suppressed and controlled the sin nature, and we're operating from the divine side of our inner man. This gives us the qualities and the characteristics that have come from our heritage. Hmm. This gives us the divine characteristics that have come from our heritage. Now, my sister will say to me, you look just like your dad, and chuckle. My brother, when he was alive, would say to me regularly, when you did that, that was dad, that was you just were just like your dad. My brother-in-law, whenever he, he was alive, he would look at me and point his finger and say, that was R.P. Springston all over you. Why? Because he was my father. And I inherited from him not only how I look, but things I say. Not only how uh, I uh, behave, but about everything that I do has him and my mother in the mix of who I am. Why? Because that was my heritage. You can't get away from your heritage. People can try to run from it. They can try to change it. They can run in different circles. But when it, the rubber meets the road and the foundation gets down to what the foundation is, you know what's the truth. You are who you are. You came from where you came from. When you got saved, my friend, you came into a different life and a different lifestyle. You inherited something from your father. 
You inherited something that you didn't have. You became a bondservant and you got you you inherited a righteousness that was not in you. You learned how to live it by understanding the names and the character of the one who gave it to you. What a great thing, huh? We have those qualities. We possess them. They are in us. What he is, who he is, how he operates becomes the operation of God in us. Now, some would say, yeah, but, you know, who's living that way? Probably not many. Why? Because they're not told they can. They are told that they are living for God. You're living for God now. You're living for God now. Well, that's a hard thing to do, my friend. Because now living for God means that you have to harness all of the issues that arises in your flesh. You're going to try to harness it because you're living for God and you don't want to let Him down. I'm telling you that has some truth. But I'm telling you to understand that He is living through you and out of you. And if you will identify with the one who is living through you and out of you, that will change the complexion of everything you do. You will stop fighting your own flesh and simply bring your flesh into subjection to what is trying to live out of you. Now that changes everything, brother. That change could be because it becomes a function of the operation of God that is coming out of you. Now no weapon is going to be formed against you. And that's a great thing. But in order for that to occur, you have to learn to identify appropriately. If you're not identified appropriately, then you, you, you will struggle. You will struggle because you'll, you'll be living a dual life. You will tr be trying to live for him, fighting your flesh every step of the way. Why not just let him live through you? Why not do what Paul said and put your affections on things above and let the Christ in you live through you? Identify with him. See what happens. God will make a change. You will make a change. And you will live a much more happy and productive, peaceful and prosperous life. Father, I thank you for the word of God. May we learn that heaven is identifying with us and we need to identify with them. We thank you for the word of God. Bless your people. Bless them. Give them the identification that allows them to allow you to live through them. That will make it easier for them to live for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, Lord and God. Amen and amen. Well, well I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, that has some deep truths in it that I hope you will listen to again and give great consideration to. I uh, want to tell you again, contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or Family Fellowship Chapel's Facebook messaging. Well, I always want to tell you, if you'll find him as Lord, he'll be Lord over everything that has a name. And then if you find him there, you will be able to find him as God. 
the God who will communicate, communicate with you through His Spirit, leads you and guides you into the depths of truth, show you things to come that you need to know. May God bless you richly until we speak again.